Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you. We declare the truth over our lives, Lord. Over our situation, over our circumstances. You, your name is above every other name. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, Lord. Lord, we bow the knees of our heart before you this morning. We kneel before you, the Lord God, our maker. Come, let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our maker. Bow the knees of our heart and surrender to you, Lord. As we sang earlier, in surrender, I will bring every part, pouring out the oil of love as an offering to you, Jesus. That's the choice we're making this morning, Lord. Lord, we make a choice to receive your life. To receive your forgiveness. To receive your deliverance. To receive your welcome. To receive your power. To receive your love shed abroad in our heart by your Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome your presence in our hearts, Lord. We surrender all at your feet, Jesus. You are a faithful friend and a loving king. Yeah, in friendship, faithful. But the one who is powerful is powerfully in love with us. We come to a king who is powerful, but yet exercises his power in love and compassion. Faithful friend. Loving King. That's why we can lay our lives down because we can trust your heart is for us. Each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing amongst us this morning. For that deep work of your spirit, Lord. Deep calls to deep. Your spirit searches the innermost being, the innermost recesses of our heart, Lord. Let your word come forth this morning, Lord, with power. Let it come with authority, Lord. Shine your light, Jesus, upon our heart, Lord. Every recesses of our heart, let your word shine, shine, shine and reveal our hearts this morning, Lord. Illuminate our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us a fresh revelation of your heart for us. Touch us. Touch us. Touch our heaps this morning, Lord. Everything we've depended on that has robbed us of intimacy with you. Intimacy with your Holy Spirit. 
everything that we've pressed into, that we've leaned on, that has silenced the voice of unconditional love that flows from the heart of our Father, that has robbed us of joy in our Father's house. Every ordinance that has been written against us, contrary to us, Lord, we honor you this morning because you've nailed it to your cross. It's blotted out, Lord. Our transgressions, you have blotted out. You remember it no more, Lord. You've nailed it to your cross. It's forever gone. And you declare, Lord, that it is finished. It is finished. It is finished, Lord. The work of our redemption is finished, Jesus. The work of our redemption is finished. And Lord, we come in the knowledge of that truth this morning. And we receive that which you have for us, Lord. We are fit to stand in your presence, Lord. We are fit to stand before your glory, Lord. But yet you invite us to come. Because of what Jesus has done on our behalf, Lord. So, Lord, we come. Because it's a response to your invite, Lord. We're not usurpers, Lord. We're not usurpers, Lord. We're not, we're not delinquents, Lord. We're not just breaking into a party that we're not invited to, Lord. You call us to come. It's your invite, Lord. It's your invite. He says, go into every corner. Tell them he has set a banquet. The wedding is ready. Go into the street corners. Go everywhere. Invite everyone to come. Everyone is invited, Lord. Lord, help us this morning to recognize that our name is on that invitation card, Lord. It's not an afterthought. We are the special guest of honor. You delight in us. You delight in us. We are your sons and your daughters. We are children of the living God. The ones for whom you gave everything. Everything. The Bible says you did not withhold anything. You gave everything for each one of us. Help us to see that love. Help us to respond in our heart to the beckon of your love this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we honor you in our hearts, Lord. Our heart longs for you, Lord. Our heart longs for you. Longs for your touch, Lord. Longs for the reality of our redemption, Lord. Longs for the reality of our calling, Lord. For the reality of your purposes in our lives, Lord. For the reality of the power of your Spirit at work within us. Holy Spirit, will you come right now? We make room for you, Holy Spirit. In this place, in this moment, we make room for you. We open wide the doors of our hearts to you. 
we give you our welcome. Holy Spirit, come glorify Jesus. Reveal Jesus to us afresh. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you, Jesus. I want to see you with the eyes of my spirit. I want to see you and see the chains fall away. I want to see you, see your power walk within me. I want to see you and see your healing. I want to see you and see my woundedness healed. You are the balm of Gilead. Let that balm bring soothing into every area of our woundedness this morning, Lord. Will you come and touch us? Your body was broken. It was broken for our sins. The chastisement of our peace has been laid upon you, Lord. And by your stripes, we're made whole. Wholeness is our portion, Lord. So we lay hold of you this morning to bring wholeness. Bring wholeness. Thank you for your blood that is shed for us. The blood of cleansing. The blood that sanctifies. Oh, have you been to Jesus for that cleansing blood? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are the white as snow? Are you washed in the blood? Thank you because there is cleansing in the blood of Jesus. It takes all our shame, all our guilt, all our filthiness, all the consequences of our actions and inactions are washed away, purified, made glorious by your precious blood. The blood that flows from your side. The blood that flows freely from Calvary, Lord. We come to that blood this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. Oh, thank you for this precious moment, Lord. Thank you for the significance of what you're doing in our hearts, in our minds this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, help me, Lord. Sorry, where's my glasses? Sorry, I can't find my glasses. I think I can't see because my eyes is teary. That's the problem. Not my glasses. <laughs> oh, that's classic, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Let's let's move on quickly <laughs> before I make a fool of myself. Yeah, over the last three nights. Uh, the Lord has been encouraging us as we've looked at the story of the father and his two sons. And we've explored the story, looking at the younger son, the older son, and then looking at the father. Uh, and somebody reminded us this morning, which I had actually meant to do at the beginning of the sessions, that when we, when we talk about sonship, we're not actually 
referring to gender here. It's not about male or female. So it's not that in God's mind, the women are any less important than the men. It treats us all equally. We are all very precious to Him. But the focus is on sonship because it's about that focus on the inheritance. And especially in that dispensation and in that culture, it was really significant who had the right to the inheritance. Because when we talk about sonship, it's that which gives you all the blessings and the provisions of that inheritance. So I want us to be very clear that in God's inheritance, brothers and sisters, we all share equally in the inheritance of God. And God cares for each one of us passionately. And in the fatherhood of God, we not just see, we see the expression of the fullness of His love, whether it be masculine or feminine or whatever you want to look at it. In, in God's love, it is perfect. It fills the void of everything that a man or a woman or anything could do. In God, there is perfection and is an expression of perfect love. And I appreciate that for us, you know, fatherhood can, can, can conjure certain hearts and certain things. But this is your heavenly father, the one who is perfect in love. And is an expression of that love. It may be corrupted by our earthly fathers and mothers. But he does not detract from what our Heavenly Father wants to bring and what he wants to imprint upon our hearts. And as I looked at this passage today, I was challenged in my whole now because there was, there was this mental thought going in my head. I'm saying, well, we've had the conference and we've spent all this time talking about it. Why should I come again on Sunday morning and talk about it again? It's almost like for those who are bothered to come for the three days, it's like, what's the point then? I said, oh, but what of others who have missed it? Well, if they didn't come, you know. They can listen to the tape, you know, or, or, or catch up with it. But then as the Lord took me to this passage, I felt a slight chuckle to myself. Because I felt the Lord almost reminding me, yeah, that even for those who didn't come the three nights, and they're here this morning, it still wants them to partake of exactly the same thing that has gone in the last three nights. And is it not great when somebody else preaches your sermon before you come up? And the word that came this morning was to say, you haven't missed anything. It's not too late. Pull a chair. Settle in. Dig into it. So I believe all that the Lord has been doing with us over those three days is for everybody. Even if you haven't been here, it still extends that invitation to you. The same work of grace. The same understanding. The same revelation. The same truth. It wants to speak into your life. And it wants to speak over your life. The same freedom and liberty and release that we have experienced in the moment. That's still an offer. Because as we looked at those three nights, we were clear in our hearts. It was a revival's time. And revival speaks of something in the moment. A work, a reality. We were looking to God to ignite a spark in us that will set us on fire. It was not just a time to fill our heads with knowledge. We wanted an encounter with the living God. Jesus says he sacked the scriptures, thinking in them you have life. But they speak about me. The searching of the scriptures, if they do not take us to the person of Christ, as a wasted time. Because it is in his person, as we heard in that song, in the person of Jesus, in the 
redemption and the power and the authority in his name, that is where all things are made whole. So the section of the scriptures, as wonderful as they are, they are not an end in themselves. They must bring us to the person of Christ. That's why the Pharisees missed it. They searched and searched. They were full of knowledge. But it did not bring them to the person of Christ. It did not bring them into the reality of that redemptive work. And God forbid that our search will take us into a distant country or into a far place or to leave us outside of the door of our Father's party and banquet. The search of the Scriptures must bring us to the person of Christ so that we can lay hold of Him and let the reality of who He is become our reality. So that as He is, so are we as we begin to manifest and walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. That is is hard for us in this season. That in all we do, in all our pursuit of Him, we come to His person. We come to the reality of Christ for each one of us. And nobody is excluded at this table. As we learned over this weekend, that the Father loves both sons equally. The prodigal who's gone out and wasted away, who walk in rebellion and cut himself away from the love of his father, or the one who has stayed home, faithful, serving, but has lost his joy, has lost the intimacy for each one of them, he comes out to them, he entreats them, he encourages them, he says, come, come, come into the joy of your father, come into the fullness of all the father has for you, come into the reality of the work of God. Brothers and sisters, it is real. What he offers us is not the counterfeit. What he offers us is not just a mere pie in the sky. What he offers us is the reality of his own life. The life that he laid down for us, for you and I, that we can come into the fullness of all that he has for us. Come into the fullness of his inheritance. Every spiritual blessings in the high places are available to each one of us in Christ Jesus. And this call to follow him, this call to discipleship, this call to sonship, to to lay hold of his inheritance in God, is to bring us into the reality of who God is and what God wants to do with us. His heart longs to see the manifestation of the children of God. Now, does that mean there are no more challenges? Or far from it. It says, Father, I have not asked you to take them out of the world. They are in the world. But what I've asked is you keep them in the world. You keep them in the world. In the world, you will have tribulations. You will have challenges. But it says, I am with you. And you will overcome. Because I am with you. Because he overcame. He is the one who is leading us in a triumphant possession. He is at the head. It's not like that one which sends you to battle and hides away. It's not like the terrorists who lead in people with bombs and ask them to go and kill themselves, but they're hiding away in the corner. He leads this procession. 
There is nothing Jesus is demanding of us that he has not walked the path. He says you have a faithful high priest who in always have been tempted like you. So that you know that you can trust him and you know that he appreciates and he knows the weight of every single demand he's placing upon your life. Because he's walked that path before you. And you can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. The conversion, as we saw over the weekend, for those sons to come away from their place of isolation from their father was to lay hold of trust and gratitude. To rediscover trust in their father's love and gratitude for what the father has achieved and the inheritance he's offering them. And as they lay hold of that truth, they were able to come away from a place of prodigalness to a place where they could take their sonship, and their inheritance in the Father. And the older one could then begin to rejoice at the rediscovery of the younger one and begin to play his role, sharing all the Father has prepared and laid hold for him. That is the ultimate call of God. That is the heart of God for us in this moment. And as we look at the story, it struck my heart. When I read it, the first thing that originally comes to my mind is, yeah, that was right. Why would they give the last few guys exactly the same thing as they gave the first guys? Yeah, that seems unfair. You could, you know, from, from, it, it, it just makes perfect sense to us as humans that that doesn't seem fair. That's the first thing that strikes your heart, if you're honest. Yeah, it, it looks as if those guys actually had a point. Just say, you promised us one denarius. And we've walked all day. And these guys who've just walked only an hour, you're giving them exactly the same thing as us. Oh no, how can that be fair? But that's the human perspective, isn't it? That's the earthly perspective. But over this weekend, the, heart, the crowd of the heart is be heaven will touch heart. That as it is in heaven, so will it be on earth. So that we see as the Father sees. Jesus says, I do nothing of myself. Everything I do is what I saw the Father do. My perspective is that heavenly perspective. My narrative is a heavenly narrative. My understanding comes from the Father. It says the wisdom that comes from above is different from the earthly wisdom. The wisdom that comes from that's why the Bible says his ways are far past our ways. His thoughts beyond our thoughts, his understanding, different. It's, it's, it's like the heaven from the earth. They're so far apart. Because in our own human way, the way we will do things, is very different from a father's heart. And one thing that struck me, especially the one at the 11th hour, when he asked him, why have you been here all this time and you haven't been doing anything? Did you notice that? He said, nobody has hired us. Their heart was for the work. They were not lazy, patting around and just wasting away. They just did not have the opportunity. And what the father saw in them was that if they had been given the opportunity, they would have done exactly as those who started in the morning. But in his grace, he says, actually, I'm going to honor that and I'm going to bless that. And I'm going to encourage you with that. To know that this king is a loving king. The one who has all the resources of heaven at his disposal comes with a heart of benevolence towards you. 
And he says, I'm going to give you exactly the same thing. You're not going to miss out just because life has robbed you of the opportunities. So it made me think, no matter what my life had been, no matter the challenges of my life, I might look at my life and think, oh, my life is so rubbish because of all these things I've gone through. I cannot attain the same thing as others have attained because of where I've come from. The father says, no. I know that, but I can make it right. I can restore. I can give you the same denarius. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Taiwo. You don't know what I have gone through. You don't know the, the, the circumstances of my life. You don't know the, the pains. You don't know the heart. But I know Jesus. And he speaks of Mary in whom there were so much demons and so much things. And the Bible says she was clenched out. And she was as powerful as disciple as any of the others. In fact, she was among the first ones who saw the resurrected Christ. It was the same Jesus who met the woman at the well. Who's had three, four, five husbands, how many? Who was an outcast and would actually hide away and come to the well because she wouldn't even come at the same time because nobody will associate with her. And yet Jesus said to her, the Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And she caught that revelation. She caught it. She caught it. How do I know she caught it? She took her port and ran back to the city. The shame was gone. The guilt was gone. The sense of isolation was gone. There was a new boldness to actually go into the place where she'd never been before. To look at her mockers and the ones who had cast her aside and say, I have met him. And he's told me everything about my life. She got the denarius. Quicker than even some who had been walking all day. But Jesus offered her exactly the same. I am not belittling the circumstances of our life. Far from it. No, 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 no. I am raising the profile of the name of Jesus. That in that name, if he is not able to restore, if he is not able to make right, then we should pack up and go. What's the business of, why are we here? If in Christ, the redemption cannot be for everyone. If it can only be for those who have their lives well put together. Those who, who have got it all right. Those who got into employment right from it. You know, it's like you finish university and you get straight into this job and you're just flying high. And you're not like that dropout who left school and never really got any education. You're on the back streets of nowhere. If, 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 if success was only for those, then it's not Jesus for all. But this Jesus offers a denarius to everyone. To everyone. To everyone that is that offer. And somebody preached that earlier. It says it's a choice. He's asking you. Imagine if when Jesus met those guys at the 11th hour. And he said to them, you go and work and I'll give you what is right. And he said, mm, I'm not going. I can't trust this guy. He's probably just going to exploit me. I'll probably go now and he won't pay me anything. I'll just stay here. I'll, let, I'll just take it. I've lost today. And I hope for better tomorrow. Can you imagine what they would have missed? Imagine if they are taking a choice not to respond to Jesus' invitation as we see in that story. If they said to the landowner, mm, I've lost it anyway, so don't worry, I'll just wait till tomorrow and I'll, I'll, I'll hope for a better deal. They will have lost the opportunity of a lifetime. 
And Jesus stands. And he looks at you where you are. And I think somebody said that today, even this morning. That he wants to meet you where you are. Yeah, I think that was, that was a word earlier, actually. He wants to meet you where you are. And offers you. He didn't tell them what he was going to give them. Have you often not wondered, I wish God you would just tell me. Just, just let me know the whole picture. Then maybe I might respond. But oftentimes he doesn't do that. In many of our walk with him, he doesn't give us the full picture. And that's where trust comes in. You have to trust. But why can we trust him? Because he's a faithful friend. And he's a loving king. We trust this faithful friend. We trust this loving king. Yet he's got power. Yet he's got a lot. But he's also got an extravagant love. And that's what we trust. And that's why when he says to you, even if it's in the 11th hour, and he says, step into that, you move. It doesn't matter how long you've been battling with this chronicity of this situation. When the voice of Jesus comes in the moment and he says, step out. You step out in trust, in obedience. And over this weekend, we've been pressing into God. Recognizing that God comes in the moments and he comes in the process. But they're all working together. In the moment and in the process. But there is an outworking of God in that. And as we respond in our heart to him, it will turn around whatever the chains. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Release us into our identity. Release us into our calling. Release us into the fullness of all that God has for us. That's our Father's heart for us. That's the cry of his heart. Ben, will you come? Otherwise, I'm going to just keep going. I think we need to stop. <laughs> We have to stop. (laughs) But are you not grateful that the work that God does in us is not limited to this times of gathering? Because that's why He's giving us the Spirit, isn't it? The Spirit goes with us. It continues this work in your private moments. This discourse for the Holy Spirit. This shining of His light on the intimate part of your being. It continues in your own private moments. It continues in your smaller gatherings as community of God's people. It continues in your fight clubs, in your discipleship groups. It continues everywhere. Give us a song. <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's, let's worship. Let's, let's just respond. Let's stand to our faith. Let's, 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 just, let's just respond to this Jesus. Let's just... Let's just pour our heart to him. Father, we give you thanks, Lord. Savior, what can we give? What can we bring to so faithful a friend? To so loving a king? But Lord, will you see this thankful heart? Lord, I am thankful. I am thankful, Lord. I am thankful for your generosity, Lord. I am thankful, Lord. 